Quite a number of years ago, when we were coming back from a holiday on an overnight ferry from, from Holland, um, there was another Scot on board, a lorry driver we got into conversation with, who clearly had had a few glasses of liquid refreshment. And we had a wide-ranging discussion where he told us his views on everything from religion and politics to Jacobites and Sassanach, you name it, everything we didn't even want to know about, he was going to tell us. So at one point, he was accusing us of being Sassanachs because um, we came from Perthshire, which was far south for him. As well, actually, we're further north. And we, at that time, we lived in Orkney, which kind of put his gas at a peep. So he says, well, what do you do up there anyway? So I said, oh, I'm a minister. And you could see his face fall, and he was mentally rewinding the tape as he thought of all the things he'd said, because all the time he'd spoken, everything was peppered with oaths and curses. But he continued to do, but at least each time now he apologised when he did. The reaction can be very interesting when people discover um, what you do as a minister. I've noticed since I've come to Dunkeld that if I walk up to the cathedral um, dressed in civvies, I usually would nod to folk or speak to people, chat as you pass tourists in the way, and some respond, some kind of look at you a bit strange, some think, who on earth is he to speak to me when I don't know him at all? But see if you go up in a collar, people are falling over themselves to say good morning. And you know full well that if, if I didn't speak to them, then they'd be miffed. So they'd go home saying, what a lovely place to Keld is, but see the minister they've got. What a rude so-and-so. We spoke to him. He didn't even acknowledge us. That's the church for you. You can imagine the kind of conversation. Every minister can tell the same kind of stories. And it's quite good fun getting the reaction if people don't know what you do and then you tell them, and then you see them thinking, what have I said? If I'd known it was a minister, I'd never have said that, because we get the sanitized version of things. It's something we hear all the time. If only I'd known, I wouldn't have said that. You know, it's a scenario in films where somebody phones up wanting a, a table in a restaurant, and there's nothing, nothing available. <clears throat> So they say, do you know who I am? And they tell the manager there's somebody important. And miraculously, there's a table available. If we'd known it was you, sir, of course, there's room to squeeze you in. It's a double standard of which we can all be guilty. How often have we said to ourselves, if only I'd known, if only I'd known I was speaking to the man's best friend, I'd never have said those things. Of course I wouldn't, but I didn't know. How was I to know? But that implies a double standard, that there's one way we behave towards people who are important and another way we behave to people that we don't deem quite so important. That's what leads to the remorse, I guess, when we get mixed up and we treat somebody we discover is important in a way that we didn't know at the time. Very easy on social media to do that where there's anonymity. And people don't see the whites of your eyes. So people say things that they would never say if they had known what you were like or what you were suffering from or whatever it may be. But in the kingdom of God, there is no such distinction. There is no double standard. And think back to that parable of the last judgment when the sheep and the goats were separated out. Apparently in those days, the breeds that they used made it quite difficult to distinguish sheep from goats. It took 
a skilled eye, a wee bit more knowledge than just a cursory glance. So on the surface, there's maybe little to distinguish the people in the parable that Jesus is talking about. Both can be fairly diligent in religion. Both can be quite respectable. But it's the hidden life that makes the difference. When the righteous and unrighteous stand before the Lord, the unrighteous are defined this way. I was hungry and thirsty, naked and in prison and sick, and in effect you ignored me. And they reply straight away, but Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or in prison or whatever? If we had known, of course if we'd known it was you, we'd have done something, but we didn't know. How were we to know? All we saw were the poor and beggars and refugees and people who were sick and those who've got themselves to blame for the mess they're in. If only we'd known, then of course we'd have done something if we'd known it was you. But the righteous in the parable did it without thinking. They just did it instinctively because they saw need and they saw someone who mattered. And the The parable teaches an important lesson about Christ's kingdom that's radically different from the ways of the world. When you treat the lowest and the least with respect, the same respect as the great and the good, you are doing it to Christ. There is no double standard, and the king identifies himself with these individuals. It's the way you react to those that you would instinctively not help that defines how you react to Christ. If only I had known, there's no room for that mentality in the kingdom because in serving them, in serving others, we are serving Christ. There's a fundamental truth about Jesus' ministry and incarnation that's often ignored or conveniently ignored, that when he came, when the Son of God came into the world, He came in human form in the form of a servant, an ordinary, down-to-earth bloke. And through the parable he's teaching, if we want to see the face of God, then look in the face of your neighbor, of the one who is suffering, of the one who is ill-treated or neglected, and see what you can do, not with thought of benefit in return, but out of love and dedication in in them when we see the face of Christ, then what we do to the least of his brothers and sisters, we do to him. And that changes the entire concept of charity and help. It turns the world's values on their head. Because if we're honest, mixed motives can plague us all the time. The world's way is often very different from the way of the kingdom. We we can be guilty of caring just for those who might be able to repay us in some way in the future or to repay them for some benefit that we got in the past. But Jesus had something to say about that. When you give a party, don't ask those who can ask you back. Ask the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, because they have no means of repaying you. Just do it for the sake of it. Or we might care just for our own type. Charity begins at home, so that's where it should end as well. Those who are amongst our own circle of our own mindset, those we agree with. We maybe find it difficult to care for people we would instinctively recoil from. 
But again, Jesus had something to say about that. If you do good only to those who do good to you, what credit is there in that? Even sinners do as much. But you must love your enemies and do good without expecting any return. And we can also be guilty of wanting to be seen to be offering help or caring. That others will think well of us and see how generous we are. I, I, maybe this is going to offend some folk, but I'm not a great fan of children in need. And I usually try and avoid that Friday night on TV. Not because I disagree with what it does and does a lot of good work and it's very important, but I find the way they get the money a wee bit, it grates with me. When people are trumpeted for a great big gift, um, it's kind of the widow's might thing. You know, people who've done a, a huge challenge and raised thousands of pounds get whooped and cheered and, and cheered to the rafters. And the wee gift is maybe slightly neglected. And, and Jesus said, when you give alms, don't let your left hand know what your right is doing. It should be done in secret. And your heavenly Father, who sees what you do in secret, will reward you. So in his kingdom, there's no room for that double standard. No room for, if only I'd known. It's how we treat all our brothers and sisters that reflects the way we treat Christ. Everyone is to be given equal respect. And that comes as a surprise to the righteous in the parable because they had no idea that they were doing anything exceptional. They weren't doing it to be seen or for advantage or from mixed motives, but purely and simply because it was a need they saw. And anything you did for one of my brothers or sisters here, however insignificant, you did for me. In his kingdom, the king identifies with the lowest and the least. Does Hebrews 13 not say, do not neglect to show hospitality. By doing this, some have entertained angels unawares. The Celtic rune of hospitality that was, I think, kind of revived by the Iona community is well known now. And it goes like this. I saw a stranger yesterday. I put food in the eating place, drink in the drinking place, music in the listening place. And in the sacred name of the triune God, he blessed myself and my house my cattle and my dear ones. And the lark said in her song, often, often, often goes the Christ in a stranger's guise. There's no room for if only I'd known. I'd entertain an angel, of course I would. But you do it unawares. There's a story about a monastery that You've maybe heard before, but it bears um, retelling, I think. An old saint was sitting in his mountain cave retreat at his meditation, and when he opened his eyes, he saw in front of him an unexpected guest, visitor, the abbot of a well-known monastery. What is it you seek? The saint asked him. So the abbot told him his tale of woe. At one time, his monastery had been famous throughout the Western world. Its cells were filled with novitiates. The church resounded with the worship of monks. Visitors flocked there to find spiritual direction. But hard times had come upon the monastery. People no, flock, no, no longer flocked there to nourish their spirits. The novitiates had dried up. The church was almost silent. 
just a handful of monks left. And those who were left went around their duties with heavy hearts. Now, this is what the abbot wanted to know. Is it because of some sin of ours that the monastery has been reduced to this state? Yes, replied the saint, the sin of ignorance. What might that sin be? One of your number is the Messiah in disguise, and you're ignorant of him, replied the saint. And having said that, he closed his eyes again and resumed his meditation. So on his long journey back, the abbot had his heart beat faster as he thought about the Messiah, the very Messiah in his monastery. It was quite incredible. So he returned to his monastery and he called the monks together and he was thinking to himself, could it be Brother Pryor or Brother Cook or Brother Gardner? Well, no, it couldn't be him because he's a wee bit coarse at times and, and Cook, well, he swears a bit and so on. But then he thought about them all and we've all got defects and, and the, the saint did say the Messiah would be in disguise. So how would you know? So he told all the assembled monks what had happened. And they looked at one another in disbelief. The Messiah here, that was incredible. Could it be, no, it wouldn't be him. It might be, no, it can't be that one either. And they all wondered, but then the Messiah is here in disguise. So who knows who it might be? It might even be a visitor. So what were they going to do? Well, they took to treating everyone with renewed respect, just in case this is the one. And the result was the atmosphere in the monastery was transformed. It became vibrant with joy and love. Soon, dozens of novitiates were seeking admission to the order. Once again, the church echoed with the joyful, holy worship of monks who were aglow with the spirit of love. In serving others, we serve Christ. Seeing Christ in others transforms the way we think of each other. He's present here in this church, in every church, in each other. He comes in the stranger's guise, in our neighbour, in the lost, in the neglected. And his command is to treat all with equal respect and dignity, for it's him we serve. If only we'd known. Well, you can do.